0: Hi, I'm Tom Field, Senior Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. My topic today is PSD2, and it's my pleasure to be speaking with James Rendell. He's Vice President, Payment Security Strategy with CA Technologies, a Broadcom company. James, thank you so much for taking time to speak with me today.
1: Uh, Well, yeah, looking forward to doing this. So uh, it's uh, good to catch up.
0: James, this is one of the hottest topics in Europe, and I know there are a lot of open questions still. About PSD two, from your perspective, where are we now in terms of the mandate?
1: Well, we're in interesting territory because uh, technically the RTS, the Regulatory Technical Standards, which is the area of the PSD two that tends to attract the you know the most attention. Um, the PSD two itself is quite a wide-ranging regulation that covers all sorts of fundamental aspects of how you operate a payment system, but it's the regulatory technical standards affecting. Uh, open banking integration like api-based banking integration and strong consumer authentication that gets the most attention and of course the uh, the regulatory technical standards were coming into force on september the 14th last year but the industry has been granted uh, an extension officially until the end of 2020 to now get everything implemented but in effect because of change freezes and similar that really means that people need to be you know everything needs to be done about a year from now so you know it's kind of interesting territory we it's technically in force and the industry is encouraged to get their uh, RTS compliant or psd 2 compliant implementations done you know as quickly as possible anytime from you know from now and for from September the 14th until the end of 2020 but it's not going to be actively enforced and supervised until the end of next year. So yeah, interesting landscape.
0: So we're kind of in GDPR territory again. (laughs) Given that, where do you find that many institutions are now in terms of compliance?
1: There's quite a spectrum. And of course, The whole regulation applies to all sorts of different uh, ecosystem partners, you know, from card issuing banks, uh, retail banks in general, who have to, of course, uh, ensure that really every aspect of their digital services are compliant with the PSD2. So, you know, a lot of focus is on card payments, but it's worth just noting that you know for strong consumer authentication it's really any remote electronic interaction that carries a fraud risk that is supposed to be subject to authentication so that's things like logging into online banking uh, potentially applying for new products maybe uh, insurance or mortgage products online or making changes to those or making new push payments through online banking and creating payment mandates and all sorts of things are actually covered by the regulation say that there's quite a spectrum of compliance readiness for for parties so for banks who are obviously one critical ecosystem player because the regulation affects them on so many fronts you can find banks really everywhere between um still quite a long way from being fully compliant through to being virtually done um and of course you in, in ecosystem overall you also have other players such as acquiring banks and merchants to whom the regulation also applies, and again, you you find merchants uh, and acquirer payment service providers in you know quite a spectrum of readiness, from those who are really yet to even begin their compliance program, through to those who are who are already really quite mature and are trying to leverage exemptions and are, are really focusing on the you know the user experience aspects of the uh, you know of authentication and how that works in the real world. So, quite a you know. Quite a continuum, the leaders uh, I would say are in, in, so if we think about the banks for a moment the the leaders are those really who have got to grips with their authentication strategy from from probably quite early on in this journey. Um, so they've maybe maybe already rolled out with maybe mobile app based multifactor authentication for a, a good you know seamless and, and fairly frictionless user experience and that probably represents a kind of state of the art where the banks really need to be aiming for. But, uh, you know, so you can, you, there's really quite a spectrum of uh, of readiness when we, when we look at the industry.
0: James, what it, is it that institutions find so challenging about PSD2? Wow. Yeah. Great
1: question. Um, so, oh boy, where do you begin? Um, so the, uh, the, probably a couple of things, really uh, the Brett and the depth of it i suppose you could say for a bank the the regulation affects as i mentioned already uh, you know any the provisions for the for the rts cover anything with a you know that has a um, a fraud risk you know applying to remote electronic interaction of any kind so you know so for banks it, it really means getting to grips with these regulations as i said across you know, customer service portals, e-commerce, um, which of course is a, is a significant challenge in and of itself. Uh, and so, you know, so the breadth of it is one thing. And then there's really the the depth, um, or perhaps you could say the lack of uh, the depth. So the RTS it doesn't always create the clarity that the industry craves in a lot of areas as to exactly what types of authentication journeys are really fully compliant or exactly how exemptions should be applied and so that you know those those two areas really just the sheer scale of it uh, and the the sort of the, the the somewhat openness to interpretation and different opinions of some of the details of the RTS are probably the two headline areas Um, then of course you get into the everyday realities of stakeholders of course being very concerned about the potential implications to e-commerce you know approval rates and customer journeys of course, you know, merchants, banks are both extremely concerned um, that, uh, you know, the cardholders and, and, you know, shoppers online do get used to these processes and will be able to complete them. And of course, uh, you know, it becomes paramount, really, that, uh, you know, that uh, all stakeholders really are, are really focusing on the user experience and the, and the kind of consumer journey through this process. So down on the ground, that's, I'd say probably that's probably the biggest area um and then there are a lot of follow on things to do with the fraud reporting and some of the other administrative provisions of the RTS but uh, but ultimately they won't mean anything if people can't transact successfully so
0: as enforcement looms how can institutions best prepare
1: so one thing really is to you know the mo- probably the most important thing for SCA is to is to really uh, get a compliant SCA challenge in place, challenge mechanism in place. And of course, those are easy words to say, but they're not, uh, you know, that is quite a big program for organizations. As I mentioned, the state of the art would probably be considered to have a mobile app based multi-factor authentication, maybe something that leverages some possession element on a mobile device so maybe there's a cryptographic key or some material like that embedded in the secure element of a mobile device and perhaps one that uses the (coughs) mobile device's biometric capabilities uh, for a you know for a a good uh, a good user experience because then it can be very frictionless indeed That's probably represent the the state-of-the-art and if if an issuer can achieve that as a strategic objective I think that would be a very good direction to be pointing a good strategic objective to have. Of course, before that there may be uh, other forms of authentication that have been widespread for quite some time and are not necessarily easy to move from. Uh, So for example, Doing one-time passcode verification, uh, where the one-time passcode is delivered via SMS text message, is a very, very widespread form of authentication indeed. Um, But unfortunately, in and of itself, it's not a compliant SCA method. You have to augment uh, an, an SMS OTP authentication with something else. And there's quite a bit of debate in the industry at the moment about what that something else should be, um, because SMS OTP is often used where there isn't a smartphone device available, um, or perhaps that's not an appropriate choice for the user. So which tends to rule out you probably can't rely on something like a mobile app-based biometric or something like that. So uh, you you end up with choices, you know, perhaps trying to verify some kind of knowledge element, which doesn 't usually lead to a very good uh, cardholder experience, and the official recommendation from the EBA is to try to leverage behavioral biometric technologies, although that is easier said than done um, across uh, you know across all of the different device channels and It's actually quite a shame that the EBA um, pronounced that the uh, you know the assessment of payment transaction data in a three d secure transaction in and of itself, wouldn't comply as an inherent element, um, because that would have been a very, um, you know, convenient way to augment an SMS OTP. So, you know, so in a nutshell, um, have a strategy, uh, ideally perhaps one that that points towards, uh, you know, a seamless and uh, biometric and mobile app-based or or you know authentication journey uh, for the for the majority of cardholders at least. Those that are smartphone-enabled, um, and then perhaps augmented. With uh, something based on an SMS OTP, uh, perhaps with a behavioural biometric check if you have an appropriate technology, or perhaps with uh, with a knowledge check of some sort, and of course those kind of fallback options of SMS OTP should also be suitable for, uh, you know, for users who. Uh, for whom it's not appropriate to use a mobile app for some reason maybe a you know a disability or perhaps just a lack of signal coverage or lack of a smartphone but um so prepare for your sca strategy and then the final piece really is think about leveraging the exemptions to sca um, a very very important part of a psd2 strategy Uh, you really need to think about how you are going to you know validly leverage one of the exemptions to the sca process to to really drive as many frictionless shopping experiences, payment experiences as possible. Uh, so, you know, that's also a very important element to focus on. But of course, with no authentication challenge in place, there's nothing to exempt. So, you know, you, you have to really have to really look at those two sides of the same coin.
0: James, talk to me a bit more about the issuers. What should they bear in mind as they prepare both for PSD2 and for EMV 3D Secure?
1: Well, for EMV 3D Secure, of course, we we really want to focus on the on the actual checkout experience and the cardholder journey. Uh, so, thinking about um, the you know the different uh, different cardholder journeys across different device types, it's very important for issuers to to appreciate that EMV 3DS is a new and modernised authentication protocol, as well as providing a wealth of data that can be used to to do predictive analytics, you know, machine learning and uh, artificial intelligence to, you know, try to drive out transaction fraud and optimize the cardholder's user experience. So, it's providing all this data, um, the other kind of key thing that EMV 3D Secure is setting to to bring to the market is support for a whole range of devices that users are using to make their payments these days everything from you know from games consoles through smart tvs through mobile phones and mobile apps through to the humble web browser so the standard is covering all of these different uh, device types and of course those device types are capable you know of of, or or have quite different um, user experiences in many cases you know authenticating uh, perhaps on a games console with a you know with a kind of 70 inch kind of, you know flat screen display is really quite you know working with a game controller is really quite a different experience to to checking out on a tiny mobile app screen you know and, and making a payment that way probably in a hurry um, you know one who orders a, orders a you know a, a cab or uber or lyft or you know orders food or something like that so you know it's so a one so really it's, it is really important to appreciate that this is quite a departure when compared with the old 3d secure 102 protocol the fact that now there is a plethora of different device types has a lot of implications for the cardholder journey um, and, uh, and i'd say that's probably in, in terms of 3ds is probably uh, about the number one consideration really to to think about, Uh, along with leveraging the data. But uh, we, we must get the cardholder journeys right when there's an authentication challenge.
0: James, we've covered a lot of territory here. To bring this back to CA and Broadcom, how are you helping institutions specifically to prepare?
1: Well, we sort of provide a, if you like, a sort of compliance as a service kind of capability for our customers. So we provide a SaaS platform and it provides all the features and capabilities that an issuing bank needs to comply with the regulation and to optimize the cardholder journey and maximize the amount of, you know, kind of fraud reduction that, that they can accomplish through the 3D secure protocol. So we've been doing this for quite a long time. We've been in this, uh, in this business for nearly 20 years now. The 3D secure protocol itself has existed for quite some time. But the really interesting thing here in Europe is how, of course, it's now become a matter of regulation. So it, it's, you know, it is, of course, in effect the law to uh, to support something like this. So we provide a platform that enables every aspect of the uh, of the strong consumer authentication or the RTS uh, aspects of SCA to be complied with. So we provide, of course, complete support for the EMV 3D Secure protocol across all the different device types that uh, that the protocol has to support. We provide really the industry's best kind of risk management engine. So we have decades of experience in designing predictive analytics and machine learning algorithms to to really try to weed out, based on the 3DS data, those transactions that are actually fraud attempts and to block those in real time. And uh, that has, uh, you know, for a long time, has been a differentiating feature of our platform, the efficiency with which we can, uh, we can do that. And the EMV 3D Secure Protocol, of course, looks set to, uh, to kind of drive those benefits even harder for banks because there's new data, new insights now that the merchants can share with the banks to enable them to optimize their risk evaluation and fraud prevention. We then provide, of course, a suite of options for driving the authentication challenge in the event that one of those is needed in the transaction. Um, of course, one tries to optimise the the, uh, the cardholder journey as much as possible and make it frictionless. But sometimes you have to challenge, and as I commented earlier, you really do have to get the cardholder journey right. And then uh, we have a full suite of options to manage the use of the exemptions to authentication. So, you know the The RTS allows a limited set of circumstances where during a transaction you can actually skip the process of doing an authentication. So you can do that based on risk analysis, subject to certain criteria. You can do it for low value transactions, again, subject to certain criteria. You can do it for certain types of corporate payment process. And uh, the examples might be things like lodged cards in the travel and entertainment industry, for example. Uh, So there's a set of these exemptions or, or circumstances or rules by which you can skip the SCA procedure and we provide again a full suite of capabilities to allow issuers to embrace those and then finally you need reporting capabilities so there are some reporting obligations probably a bit too detailed to get into uh, kind of right now but uh, but reporting is uh, you know back to the regulators in terms of fraud performance and uh, uh, the kind of what's going on with authentication overall is another important piece so the whole um, compliance life cycle really for PSD2 are the, are the capabilities that we provide to our customers.
0: Well very good. Again we've covered a lot in a short period of time. James, I appreciate your insight today.
1: No, it's been a pleasure and uh yes, yeah, great questions and um you know, it's uh, it's all it's all interesting times never a dull moment in this uh, you know, in this world of uh, rolling out the PSD2.
0: Well again we have been talking about compliance with PSD2 as well as with EMV 3D secure. I've been speaking with James Rendell. He's Vice President, Payment Security Strategy with CA Technologies, a Broadcom company. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.